0: Hey guys, welcome to Recharge, Rebuild, and Restore. Our three with me, Roz. I was graced with a beautiful soul. A woman who is a fighter for her children, a consultant, a doctor. Please welcome Dr. Sanzini Zula. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to talk to you because... I was talking to you just about general information and then I learned that you have three books and I was like, you have three books. Okay. So we have to change the total, <laughs> um, interview, but we'll still get into that as well. So, um, please uh-huh. tell the audience who you are, a little bio of you.
1: My name is Azinin Zula and Hi. I am a mom, a scientist, a lover of life and somebody who loves to help people. I love people more than anything else. You know, we, we
0: as still we are in the pandemic. We we have come a long way from where we were. Oh yeah. So how, how were you able to have a going through the pandemic with your children?
1: You know, it's we just just try to make something, play, take them right. out. Every day, just find something to do because school on Zoom was hard for them. Right. But in between, we would take them out, be outside, do things that they loved to make being stuck at home not so terrible. Okay, awesome. So as
0: I said before, you are a specialist that helps parents to deal with children with autism how were you able to find out about autism with your own children because you have two kids diagnosed with it? So can I just tell the audience or give the audience a little history about your story?
1: Yeah. Well, my older son, when he was about, do you know, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I knew there was something, but I didn't know what the something was. You know, he was a happy right. kid. Uh-huh. He... I, I honestly didn't know what it was right. until one day I was reading a parenting magazine. and they described he used to play with this green top and he would spin it, not cause he could sit there and play with this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was describing her son and everything that my son did. He was. He had so many sensory challenges. Auditory, like noise, bothered him. Light bothered him, and he could play with the one thing for hours. And then she mentioned autism, and hmm. that sounds just like my son. So many things that this boy did. Right. But then, at the time, I can't, I went and I saw his pediatrician, and I said, you know, I think I would like to have my son assessed. And she said, no, no, he's fine. People are reading too much or, and she refused. So after, uh, two months, I think I went back and she did his checkup and then she left and I was still sitting there and she goes, we're done. I said, yeah, I know, but I'm waiting for my referral for his assessment. Wow
0: and then uh, so he, wasn't guess, mom, he was a very persistent he wasn't giving <laughs> him until he got the answer for what was wrong with your child
1: yeah and then she gave it to me but at the time roslyn it, yeah we needed um quebec was the only place um where, where, where we are it was the only place in north america where a psychiatrist had to diagnose oh wow so really? yeah at the time it had to be a psychiatrist that was the only acceptable diagnosis. But if you went to a different province and was right. diagnosed by a psychologist, you could okay. bring that back home and they would accept it. Okay. So we explored all options. One of the options was pretending that my husband and I had split up and I moved to a different <laughs> province and so I could get a diagnosis faster because here the wait for the psychiatrist was two years. Okay. Right. I'm, and- I'm, sorry, go ahead and and then I had his name at the children's hospital on the waiting list and then somebody mm-hmm. told me that oh there is another a, um, psychiatric hospital that doesn't necessarily deal with children but the wait list there was six months instead of two years but okay. I couldn't have his name in both places. I would have to withdraw him from the one hosp- the children's hospital and go there which is oh. what we did. Mm-hmm. And he got his diagnosis in six months instead of waiting. Wow.
0: A parent that wasn't a mission to find what was wrong with her son. Was there an intuition that you had in the back of your head or you just because of your because after you read in the magazine, it was more clear to you.
1: Do you know, even before the magazine, I just felt that there was something, but I didn't know what the something was. And I couldn't quite tell you. I couldn't tell you what it was that I thought something is not quite as it should be. And and he's my first child. It's not like I had a kid before. Right, right, But I just, I don't know what it was. I felt there was something and I couldn't quite put it into words. And so the magazine put it into words for me, or at least gave me some direction of where to look. So after,
0: after you have that information, mm-hmm. how were you able to find the help and the resources you needed to help your child?
1: With great difficulty because what actually happened the psychiatrist gave us the diagnosis and the only thing he said was oh make sure you put his name at the on the waiting list at the rehabilitation center because that's two years there's a two year waiting list and Mm -hmm. he barely explained anything when his phone rang he picked it up and he says I gotta go good luck and he walked out Wow
0: And how did that make you feel
1: I'm confused and then thinking uh, now what like this is yeah. what i waited all this time for for you to just mm-hmm. tell me to put him on a list somewhere and then you just leave i was expecting some guidance but right there was none of that
0: so you didn't have no guidance and then you said how were you able to be where you are now where you have that business to help to I help think- parents, uh, that is going to the exact same thing that you have been through.
1: Because I, what really helped me was I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a scientist. So doing g- good research and finding sources that I could grade as, okay, this is Google university and this is more credible. Right. I would just, I didn't sleep for, I don't know how long, you know, it's the initial adrenaline. Right. Right. I just sat and I really was very systematic because Nothing was familiar.
0: Oh, so if wow. I found
1: something that I thought maybe was good, I'll write it down. I still have the my first notebook that I carried everywhere to wow. write down everything because I didn't know anything.
0: <laughs> right, right. So you didn't know anything. You went and you do it on your own. Then what makes you decided to start your business? So tell us a little about your business.
1: Um. Well, so my son, I started working with him, and I. What felt natural for me was more relationship-based therapies. So I started doing that and I saw that he was making progress, but he wasn't sleeping through the night and he was six years old. And by this time he had started school at a special needs school. Mm -hmm. And then the occupational therapist told me about, um, she said, oh, I think it, because he had a lot of um, sensory needs, a lot of um, challenges going on, behavior, so many things going on at the time. And she thought there was this therapy. She thought he was a good candidate. And I was okay. skeptical because it was a name I'd never heard of before. It, uh, And I thought, oh, okay. But, you know, she was from the school, so I listened. And it's called Qigong Sensory Treatment Therapy. Mm-hmm. So I went <laughs> to see her. And she gave me all the pa- like the research papers. She gave me the research papers and she right. introduced it to me. And when I saw that it was based on research, I was like, ah, okay. So okay. I went home and I read up on it and I agreed to start with her. And I, after working for about two weeks with him, it's, it's a massage that the parent gives. It takes about 15 minutes and it's every day. It's a very specific movement, really. It's not okay. quite massage as people picture it. It says it's a regular massage. Yeah. It's called Qigong massage. So after two weeks, he slept through the night and I thought, wow, Mm -hmm. if this can do this after I've been trained by the occupational therapist, what would happen if I actually went and got trained where she was trained? Wow. So I booked, I asked, I called, it's in Portland, Oregon, just outside Portland, Oregon. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I said, well, can I come? I really would like to take the training to be a certified therapist. And they said, uh, well, we've never had a parent before. And I said, but I really, I mean, why not? Why can't, why can't a parent be trained? Yes. That's right.
0: Because you're going to help <laughs> your child. You're going to benefit your child for sure.
1: Yeah. So because mm-hmm. at the time, it was really occupational therapists and people and professionals who worked with children. they had never had a parent before. So I became okay. the first certified parent who was also a therapist. Kudos, kudos to you I came back sorry go ahead I
0: say kudos to you for doing that because you know you see what you wanted you see a child's need you see the benefit that he had received just mm-hmm. in two weeks. so you said you know what
1: I'm gonna try I'm gonna go all the way do this to go all the way to get the benefit for my family and yeah mm-hmm. but when, when I came sure. back because you asked how I started my business I'm getting right. there <laughs> yeah okay. When I came back, because there was such a long waiting list to get any um, government services, there was such a need in the community. So I started right. telling other parents, and then I started working with, I would show the parents how, how to work with their child, and then they would bring their child to me, those who chose. You can either have the parent alone or you can have the parent plus the therapist. It's a very, it's a very easy um, um, therapy to do. So, so then I started working with just the families I knew, and I guess they told other people and they told other people, and that's how my practice grew. Oh, wow. Okay. That's where that started from. And then from that, then the parents would come and they would have questions. And then one mom said, you know, I'm going to book an appointment and come by myself and just, we'll just talk about things. Right. Oh, okay. And that's how I became a consultant. Oh, wow.
0: So you saw the need and you take the initiative. You did the research. You go and explore. You do the, the courses and now you can help the community. But when the parents come and they're all overwhelmed with the children, with the special needs, okay, how, what do you do for the reassurance of the parents?
1: Really, I think I acknowledge what they're going through at the beginning because it's mm-hmm. a shock it's right. really shocking right and when when you're going to have a child you don't you you, you have all these dreams you have all these ideas oh, right. mm-hmm. and you never include that your child will be diagnosed with special needs not only do i acknowledge what they're going through but you know i give them hope because at the be all they hear is just negativity and i was never really negative i thought okay this is this is what the diagnosis that he has we're going to find a way to for him to live the best life that he can and i was always looking for solutions it's it's not doom and gloom it's looking for a way how many what other way can you can he do things that he finds challenging okay it doesn't work this way but there is another way there's a plan b there's a plan c
0: right and
1: just by being positive And also, because um, a lot of the times, I think there is a tendency to talk down to parents. Yes, I I, I, <laughs>
0: I got you with that. Because for me, my son, when he was, um, how old was my son? Was about maybe 10. And they said mm-hmm. to me, they don't know what's wrong. And we went everywhere. And it was very hard, you know, as a mm. parent. As you said you have dreams and aspiration for your children. You see them doing that, and then they say something to you. And some they have no sympathy. They have no empathy. Mm-hmm. They very, um, someone they're not even professional. I think for the way they behave because they have no bad manners. Mm-hmm. They will say what they want to you and think it's okay, and they don't know mm-hmm. your heart being broken. So with you having all this information and you go- going through that as well as a parent and helping those parents that comes to you, how were you able to navigate your roadmap, like you said, to be able to help your parents and help your son at the same time, if he so choose needed you at that time, what would you do?
1: What, what after, you know, the few first little time of being lost, what I decided for myself, my choice was, you know what? There are some, this, I had a dream. I had things that I wanted to do and for some things that really that I consider important I still have to find a way to make it happen okay mm-hmm. it's not if, if it's not this if it's not you know it's for me okay he's going to go to school but it doesn't matter which school it's the school that's going to best serve him right it's just accepting that you know what this may no, this may not be I planned to go a b c But maybe I need to go A, K, D, back to B, but as long as the end goal is the same, as long as I know where I'm going, how I get there, the winding, it's never going to be a straight road. But as long as I keep my end goal in mind, for example, when um, I remember he was about uh, my oldest son, because I learned everything with the first one, right? right for sure of course (laughs) they are usually uh... they're usually our guinea pig (laughs) yeah yeah he Mm -hmm. was about five and i saw at we we were at the special needs uh class swimming class Mm -hmm. and there was a teenage boy who must have been about 16. right and this boy couldn't needed his mom to help him get dressed so he walked out of the changing room totally naked but he's a teenage boy and i thought I don't know what I need to do, but by the time he's a teenager, he's going to have, he's going to know how to dress himself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That was my decision. I didn't know how I was going to do it. That's just an example. So I would go in the summer and there would be this daycare and the two daycare teachers with goodness knows how many kids, all those kids would be dressed and out of the changing room. And I would be sitting, reading my novel giving my son the time that he needed to get himself dressed. That's right.
0: Yeah, but you see, I think too, as parents, sometimes we don't have patience, right? Mm. We want it right away. We want it to be now. So we're taking the, giving the children the initiative to say, you know what? You can do this. Let's do this. It's okay. I'll wait. I'll teach you as long as it takes, but you'll get it. And then after you get it and you were able to do it on your own when I'm not around. But sometimes yeah. we, don't, we don't because we are always in a rush. We always have yeah. something to do. Yeah. We always have a you know agenda. So we don't have the time. Time is of essence for everything that we do. And you know, it's just a go, 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 go kind of life we have. Here. It's a fast-paced life. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, because of that, parents just so caught up that they don't take the time to breathe and to wait and to watch it's- the children. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and it is faster. And the other yeah. thing with um, a lot mm-hmm. of some kids with autism right. or any child when they get frustrated and because at the time my son didn't speak until he was nine. Oh. So he would be frustrated and would have no way to express it. So the way that he would communicate was through behaviors that are not... Uh, it came out, it came out that way, but he had no other way of letting people know how he felt. Mm-hmm. So, but,
0: but, but with that being said, did um, you get any, have any tools that you could have used to communicate with him?
1: This, oh, this <laughs> <family>? <laughs> tried it all, but this, oh, oh, where was I going with that thought? I was saying, um, he, he didn't have I'll answer your question about tools. what I did I, I tried everything. We tried. so first, I put two pictures of absolutely everything. and I, I plastinated them. I bought things from dollar store and I then I put velcro and I put them everywhere, on the outside of the fridge, outside of the place where his toys were, the bins where his toys were, everywhere. And then we also tried to learn, well, not that we tried. We, we did. We learned um, American sign language. And we taught him using these DVDs that were developed by a mom who has children with um, cerebral palsy. They're okay. very fun. They've got these fun songs. So we, we tried that. But he never actually learned to sign and he never communicated using pictures. I know some kids use picture exchange. Picture exchange. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. never actually worked for us. And he didn't really have many signs until he became verbal at
0: nine. And what therapy did you have to take for him to be able to become verbal? Or did he just become verbal on his own?
1: Do you know what? I started, um, there's a program called More Than Words that was developed uh, here in Canada. Right. And it really emphasizes that communication is more than words. That's where it starts. So you right. start where your child is and you communicate because if you can imagine a baby, a baby who's a few months old, that baby cannot speak, but they can communicate. Mm-hmm. They they do reciproc they reciprocate, they will look at you, they'll look at a thing, and then so that's where I started. Because oh. I took it as, you know what? he's all humans develop the same way there's for him that's not happening at the same pace but he's not going to skip any steps so i'll go back and follow the natural development of humans and then something that maybe a baby does at nine months if he does it at three months okay at three years rather oh he got there he still passed through the step yes it's three years later so that's what I did. I, I went with, for communication, that that was what we did. But we did a lot of other things because he had many challenges. And how is he today? He's great. You know, he's actually not, you can't even recognize him.
0: Aww.
1: When he was little, he was, uh, I used to call him my Ferrari baby. Mm-hmm. because he could go from zero to 60 in two seconds wow now he's this calmest person ever wow i can't even tell you the number of times when we went to the shopping mall and i ended up with security
0: because you mm-hmm.
1: have this major meltdown and somebody would call security mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but now he's, he's the most laid-back
0: teenager ever <laughs> well you know you know after a while when you work really hard with your child or family whoever it is mm. um, put all the hard work you see the results of the hard work that you did and now you can bring the benefits of seeing him for what you have done now you can see that he's in a better place and he's in a calmer place so but bravo to you for it's that hard, though bravo it's, to you mama bravo to you <laughs>
1: it's it's not easy and i can understand how not people have a hard time and they they never put in the work because it is difficult and maybe maybe they just can't like the parent cannot themselves because it, it, it it is a lot of work and it is being focused on what you want in the end and for me it was for My kids, it is for my kids to be as independent and as resilient as possible. So, as you said, that it's a lot
0: of hard work. Did you have a community that supported you when you was going through this with your children? Because you said your both children have autism, correct?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, I didn't know anybody. We don't have family. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) So, it, it took looking around and finding and fortunately there is an amazing community organization small small charity in the area and it was through them once i found them then i met other parents then that's from that organization then i developed there are people that we met there when our kids were two three years old and we're still friends now but because you cool. do need a community. It's just, it's very difficult. Otherwise, you, you can't. It's very hard. Yeah. Community is important because with a community, you
0: can stand together. But without, it's very hard to stand alone because you have no one to give the support that's totally needed. Mm-hmm. You know? Time of different things <laughs> in your life. You know, just to have a cup of tea or just to just relax and have a breather. Sometimes you just need that.
1: And even through um the special needs programs right there you meet because for many people maybe they don't know what autism is but what when they hear it they think negative things they think they're afraid of it they're afraid of people with autism i don't know why so it's, it's you it's hard to find babysitters for example and when you don't have family it's hard to find somebody who will give you a break right but so, it's through these, well, community organizations that we could find people who were pretty open and were willing to come and watch the kids once in a while just to have, you know, just time where you know, okay, they're safe. They are being well taken care of. I can rent. Great. So
0: then how wide is your community reaching on your business uh, side? How wide is that community? Because you started just from helping your son, as you said before.
1: Yeah. I started just helping my son and then um, just here in my city. Then I don't know how I ended up, because I'm from Southern Africa, but somehow I ended up with a big community in Northern Africa and then in in Europe as well. And a couple of families in India. (laughs) It's, It's pretty wide now. But I'm, you know, I'm really grateful that these parents are putting their trust in me. And some of them we've never met in life. We've never met live with some of them. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's a, a
0: need so much for your business at this time in, in, uh, in the era that we're living in?
1: Because even here in, in, in Western countries, the children need so much support and the parents need support. That they just aren't enough resources to go around,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then when they don't have a choice, they come to you, and correct be- because they they want they want different things, and there okay. isn't really that much support. Or sometimes some people just want to talk to someone who knows exactly what they've gone through, and who've been through they really that. Want to talk to someone who they feel understands them instead of speaking from. Um, theoretically as a therapist without really knowing what it's right. like on the ground. Because you have been through it. I think the resident
0: more with you that okay. they, you have a story and they are living the same story. So they're more willing, thinking that you will support them more than yeah. listening yeah. to psychologists, which is which is true. And, and that's what sometimes too is lacking because sometimes we, the uh, psychologists or whoever they are, we have the book smart but we haven't reached mm-hmm. that practical part where we can have that same um, empathy for whoever is going through what it goes through. Yes, because
1: sometimes the theory and the practice, <laughs> you can have all these solutions that are yeah. in the biggest textbook, yeah. but the reality of actually living it in the right. normal life with a child with special needs, it's nothing like the textbook. Right. And because I understand that, because I've lived it, sometimes that's that's what the parents need. Well, just just I, I, as a, a educator as well,
0: because I have my own ed- daycare yes. for past few mm-hmm. years, and I've seen and met lots of parents. And some parents, it takes a while for them to understand or for them to uh, um, to accept. As I said before, mm. and some have the support, and they're trying to get the support, but they're not in the right place, and it's mm-hmm. hard to get the support. So with all what you have learned and with all that you have done, uh, how were you able and decided to launch your your course online? Was there any doubt when you started to say, you know what, I'm going to take it in a broader aspect to help more parents that is going through the same thing that I've been through?
1: The reason I did the course online is because it's, to talk one-on-one with people, I can only reach with the person. I can only reach so many people if I'm doing it one-on-one. Right. But with an online course, I've designed it to go really from the beginning, from the diagnosis, and mm-hmm. to what's really important for me is for parents to look after themselves, especially the moms. Because as moms, naturally, we want to look after them. But when you have a child with special needs, it's, it's a long road. Yes. And, and you if you don't know. look after yourself, you aren't going to be good to your child, to the rest of your family or to anybody. Hmm. So that's another important aspect of the course.
0: Oh, okay. So, wow. You just touched on the topic I was just about to ask you. So as a mom <laughs> and as a wife, as mm-hmm. a business woman, how are you able to find or master a balance with all that you're doing? How can you find balance?
1: By being intentional, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because right. everybody has twenty-four hours, Rosalind. <laughs> everybody's busy. It, mm-hmm. Things just creep in and they take over. That's if right. If you, I know you're a runner. I've seen that you, you, you're a runner. If yes. you don't carve out that time, no. If you tell yourself, "Okay, I this is what I do," I I started. There was a time at the beginning because generally all my life I was active, and then at the beginning with the kids I really wasn't doing much, and then I just decided that you know what I couldn't run. I used to run. I used to run sixteen hundred was my distance. Come run with me. (laughs) Let's do do a marathon. I wait for you. (laughs) Nah, not a marathon. My knees can't take it anymore. But I started and, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to start walking. If I just, and I would get up while the kids were still sleeping and I would go walking. And it was, I just said on this day, it was in there. It was in my timetable. I was getting up on this day, every morning, so many days a week. This is what I was doing. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then that built up to, okay, I'm signing up for CrossFit and I go to CrossFit on this day, this day, this day. And that was set in stone. Yes. Whatever it is. That's right.
0: Because you know what? When you start to have discipline, no matter what you are doing, your, mm-hmm. your priority is you first. So when yeah. you take care of you, everyone around you will be happy. But oh. if you don't take care of you, then you can't have serve anyone else. So sometimes we have to be super selfish for ourselves first and take care of this being, then anyone around you mm-hmm. would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, yeah. It's very... <sighs> I, I don't know whether it's how... I don't know why we do that. We want to look after everybody, okay. and but in the end, we don't actually serve them when we don't look after ourselves.
0: Because, because we are a mom. So mm-hmm. we do all these things and then, there you go, writing three books. Tell us what, persuade you, and said, you know what, I need to do this now because I have so much to tell the world. Do you know...
1: I'm going to focus on beautiful inside and out.
0: I love it. I was reading it last night and I said, <laughs> I have to this. It's, it's, it's a really good read. It was a really good read. Thank
1: you. Mm-hmm. Because to start with, it was when I said, when I told people, oh, when I told people, oh, my son was diagnosed with autism. It was, oh, you know, the long face and the I'm yeah. so sorry. And people pictured, I don't know what they pictured, but it was not my life. Right. Yes, it, it was tough, but you know, he still laughed, we still had fun, we did what we went to the park we did whatever everybody else does. Right. And My first intention was you know what, yes it's difficult but it's still your life and you can live it, it's beautiful there's beautiful moments, there is and you <laughs> thank you and you know, to accept your child that's why one of the subtitles is how to embrace the unique way your child is flourishing it was um i worked with this family and they had a very difficult time with uh, the diagnosis they had a really difficult time and i remember one day i said okay how am i going to i was just cracking my head thinking how am i going to get this mom to see that this is still her child so i, I wrote down different things anything random things and I would hold them up on her son's forehead and I'd be like who's this and then she would say the child's name and I would say no that's not who it is that's sugar and then I'd put it away for example and then I'd write another thing and put it on his forehead and I'd be like who's this and then she'd say his son's name I'd be like no that's diabetes oh and just and I said you know what all this to show her that yeah He has this label, but he's still your child. He's still who he is. It's part of his life, but Mm -hmm. you still have to accept him. Accept the diagnosis is accepting your child and just get on with your life. He's developing differently, but just embrace it and live your life. But but I think too, because as
0: parents, sometimes we feel so guilty and ashamed. Oh, yeah. Or what would they say about me? What would they say mm-hmm. about my child? My child cannot go there anymore. What mm-hmm. do I have to do? Do I have to just stay in a cocoon and don't mm-hmm. get out? Or am I still embrace life and enjoy my child for wherever he is in, in his in
1: his season of his life? Oh, yeah. You know? That's yeah. true, too. You know, I mean, the beginning, the first chapter is called the the, the Diagnosis Storm because it's yes. like a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. and. There are some people that will no longer be in your life because they don't accept your child because they are right. afraid of a diagnosis or whatever, but you will find other people. You'll find the new people. You let right. go of those who um, no longer serve you and, and it's fine, it's okay. It's okay, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it
0: says that too, that sometimes people in your life for different reasons and seasons, mm-hmm to help to guide and they have to move on and you have to move on and and it's no hard feelings but because you still love your child and if they don't love your child the same way why hinder that relationship you know what I mean and make you uncomfortable being with your loved one your child exactly, and they feeling uncomfortable because they don't know how to react to that child Mm so you know it's a lot of knowing where you stand and you have to know this is my life. You know, this is what I brought into this beautiful world. So we're going to enjoy whichever way it is and and appreciate where we are in our, in our season. But, um,
1: Oh yeah. I, I had to give up a friend because one mm -hmm. day I went to a house with Ethan when at the beginning, when he was, uh, he had a lot of challenges and when we're going home, she said, Oh, next time come. But, Next time you should come by yourself, but don't bring him oh. I back. That that's was cool. it. I can't tell you where my friend is. We lost touch, and that's okay. That's okay. So, that's okay. I found new friends, I found new homes where we were all welcome. Yeah, and, yeah. and no judgment. Yeah. Maybe it was very difficult for her, and she didn't know what to do. And, and that's okay too with her, because, yeah, that's right. And she
0: didn't know, and it's okay, but. But mm-hmm. you said before, the right people was there to support you and to give you, still love him the way he is. And look at him mm-hmm. today, Turned to be a beautiful young child. So we are talking about eating. or oh, because I already see all the signs. When did you know that your second child had autism? Do
1: you know my second child, I, um, he, him, he, I always, I guess, put him in therapy, as in, when i played with him i played intentionally i i I always worked as if he had autism i always worked on the deep the challenges of autism okay so he is less um because autism is a spectrum you can be impacted on different levels yeah different levels Mm -hmm. and uh so he started speaking he was speaking early. He was speaking at maybe 18 months or whatever. And we were at the speech therapist with my older son and the speech therapist said, you know, he speaks, but it's not, it's not up to his age level. Right. And then I noticed also that, um, he didn't really interact with other kids. He was fine with the, with adults. And by adults, really, it was me and the therapist that we saw and very few friends who... But he really... Kids his age, he had a hard time. Hmm. So after the speech therapist said that, I said, okay. So I took him to get him assessed. And thankfully, by this time, I could go to a psychologist and I could get it done privately. So he was diagnosed fast. Oh, okay. And how is
0: how is the second child what's his name again remind me um Jaden. how is
1: Jaden doing oh he's doing great awesome he's doing great i mean he has his challenge socially he has his challenges and he's not the life of the party and he has um a few other challenges here and there but he's doing amazing because you know what people say to me what do you mean he has autism? You like to label you, you know, I, I, they think I'm that mom who wants to just label <laughs> their kids. right? And so I had to say to somebody, because I know what it was. I remember what it was like when he was two. Right. And I even gave someone, uh, the observation of when he was being assessed because they, they they didn't believe that he had autism because people have this idea of what somebody with autism I don't know Look so like. I gave them to read I said this is where he started from you're seeing him now 10 years later but mm. he's not the same child but but but
0: you as a mom how are you because you write these three books which is amazing I'm gonna try to finish the other two but how were you how are you able to deal with you have two beautiful children you brought into this world and mm-hmm. you bought a diagnosed with autism. How were mm-hmm. you able to cope with that? Where did you get a strength from? Who did you go to?
1: I mean, it's just incredible just listening to your story. I didn't really go anywhere. You know what I did? I my, First I said, oh, thank goodness it's autism because at least I already know something about it right i didn't have to learn you know it wasn't a completely new diagnosis that i would have to relearn going to a completely different world but it was still difficult but i i said to myself okay take this much time i literally gave myself time on the calendar said here you can have your sorry party poor me but by this date get over it Mm -hmm. i was pretty strict with myself i gave myself a deadline and I just got up and started to do the work that needed to be done.
0: You know, but there's an old saying says, that's usually they usually say, God never gave you more than you can bear. And because he sees what you had before, I guess, he, as you said, he gave you something that you already know. So you could just yeah. keep it you know, and get all the research you need to know to help your children. And I'm so grateful to know. I can because, talk- you know,
1: some people have kids with special needs, but they're different diagnoses as a right. oh. I'm lucky. It's the same one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Makes it easier for me. Right, right.
0: And um, with your books that you wrote, going back with your books, you have gone through, I wrote you to children, but you write that book. Where were you to be able to put this book together and able to help
1: the the community that you're helping? You know, I interviewed everybody. I really wanted, I wanted to know, I interviewed everybody from, I started with the parents. Mm -hmm. I interviewed parents from different, mostly North America, but also from different parts of the world. Right. I started with the parents, parents with all the children, because I said, you know, look back, if you could look back and give yourself advice, what would that be? Mm Mm-hmm. And because, and when you say, because when you say to people, oh, what would you tell a mom whose child has just been diagnosed? People are reluctant to tell someone what to do or what to think, but they're very open and happy to tell themselves, you know, a few years ago. And then I also interviewed people with special needs. I interviewed adults with autism who, who of course, can be interviewed. I interviewed people who work with children, different people and then I compiled it all and then I said okay from all this especially from the parents and from the adults with special needs what Mm -hmm. do they think needs to be in place for for new for new parents of kids with special needs to be successful in their journey and Mm -hmm. that's what I put into beautiful inside and out
0: oh Beautiful. Awesome. So you got the community again. So you're working with the community again to help to guide to teach to show mm. to, to support. So, so that's awesome. With all that you do. And do you think a mentor is needed right now seeing that you're well established in your life? Or did you need a mentor in your
1: life before? Everybody needs a mentor. I think everybody at every stage needs a mentor. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> I live by them. <laughs> I, everybody I needs a mentor because you don't see... You can't see everything. And you can always grow, no matter how everybody... Because if you're not growing, you, I'm sure you're dying. Right. So... If for you to grow, you need somebody to guide you. You need a mentor. Well said. So what, what impact? What impact you want
0: to make on people and the love you have for your community, community for this year?
1: What impact do you want to leave? Do you know, I want people to, if my wish is for, first of all, parents who are feeling challenged by their uh, child's diagnosis, to know that, yes, it is hard. It's difficult. But it gets better with time. And the diagnosis, that's all it is. They should just live their life. They should just live the life that they always wanted for themselves and for their family. And there are ways of doing that. And there's help out there. And they can just live their lives, accept their child, embrace their child, and just live their lives.
0: Awesome. Well, on on this podcast, we have a trademark, our 3 and Ross. (laughs) And it means... Recharged, rebuilding, and restored. Where are you in your season right now? Where would you say you are?
1: I'm definitely past the recharged, because there was a time at the beginning when I was not recharged at all. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I was drained, so I'm definitely recharged. Awesome. To rebuild awesome. now, I maybe I'm rebuilding the special needs community internationally. Because there are help. people who really don't have access to much. But even then, because I grew up in a developing country, and they imagine that in the West, it's so easy, you everything is easy for parents. And I tell them, you know, it's not easy.
0: No, and, it's
1: not. And for them, they have helped. And then because I know the, I'm able to show them that with what you have, You can still do this, 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 and that for your child. There's so much around you. There are so many resources that you can tap into Mm -hmm. that can, that can help you, that can help your child, that can help your family. Mm -hmm. They're not exactly the same resources, but the resources you have people in the Western world don't have either. Like, uh, for example, pretty much everybody there has a live-in helper, which wow. is not that common here.
0: No, and we can't <laughs> afford
1: it. <laughs> you can't afford it. Most people who no, most people live people can't. there. And I said that's an incredible resource already. This is something yeah. you have. And that's they amazing. also have a lot of family around them. I'm like, that's a, there's exactly. a my right there, which mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. these people don't have. Mm -hmm. They have a whole whole village to raise their children. Exactly. Because I I don't know what it is when, if you focus on what you don't have and just see the lack, this is, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. You can't really get very far. But if you focus on what you have, that will give you the momentum. That will give you the energy. That will take you wherever you want to go.
0: Yeah, because you're grateful for the little things that you have. It's not a exactly. quality. It's not a quantity Sorry, It's a quality, right? Mm-hmm. It's a quantity of life.
1: And, but it's also thinking how can, in, in what ways, and just being creative in your thinking and finding different solutions. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. somebody who lives in a different part of the world can do things this way, but you don't have to follow exactly what they do because that suits right. their situation. That's right. Still, Everybody's situation what is what different. Have, for sure. Think differently and find a different way, and you will find a solution for yourself.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then, are you going to say that you're in re- rebuilding? Correct.
1: I yeah. I'm going to say I'm rebuilding.
0: <laughs> so, oh, final, of, oh, final, final. I, I, I think I, I could keep you on forever. You know, I really can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What? would you say if you want to leave an encouraging quote, you could leave an encouraging quote, a talk, a book reference, or a song entitled to your audience? What would you like to leave?
1: The quote that I like, that if you're not living your best life, you're really cheating yourself. That, that's, that's the thought that I would like to leave with the audience. If you're not oh, wow. living your best life, you're cheating yourself. Well, we would love to live our best life. And we
0: thank you so much for you going through those seasons in your life. And you sung, and I met you and you are such a happy, bubbly person that is full of life. Your children is amazing. And you have a great support system. Because it's just encouraging to hear and to know that there is parents out there that is going through. So what can you say to the parents? I want you to speak to the parents as well. What can you encourage them and live right now on this podcast that will help parents that's going through the same thing that you've been through before and they feel like they
1: have no way out? Who are at the beginning, it's to embrace their child, their child for who they are because nobody wants to be treated as not being good enough. Accept mm-hmm. your child, embrace that they are going on a different way, that they have a, a unique way of development, and accept them. Thank you very much. So, Miss, Madame,
0: where can we find you? We want all your contacts. Tell us about the name of your books so we can go out there. And audience, please go out there and support. I'm reading it, and I couldn't put it down. And I want you guys to support her because she's doing a great job helping the community with autism.
1: The best place is my website because from there, then you can find everything. My book, my um, social media. It's Dr. drsazini, dot icom Beautiful. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you so, so much for the invitation. It was a great chat. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you. for.
0: uh, Please come back. when I finish with the other two books, I have to catch back up with you. So Dr. Nuzula wrote this book, Beautiful Inside Out. At first, you don't notice that your child is a little different from their peers. As time passes, you have the gut feeling that something is missing, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And then one day, you heard the word that stimulated over the world and caused it to close you in and come crashing down. That word is autism. In this informative book, Beautiful Inside Out, Dr. Nuzula will share her own story of the journey she took when her son, sons was diagnosed with autism Beautiful Inside Out is a full of advice and information for parents who are struggling to come to terms with a child diagnosed, who needs to find help, intervention to suit their child needs, and resources or therapies, both traditional and out of the box, with plenty nuggets of wisdom from carefully selected experts. Please take a listen. You may very clearly about what you want for your child before autism come along and shatter your confidence. You started making plans along before your child was even born. As you were preparing for the arrival and even during those early days and months, you had dreams of where you wanted to take them. You knew exactly where you wanted to go back then before autism. You were clear about your destination and you had full faith in your own internal compass to point the way. While you may initially feeling lost and lack of confidence in the world of autism, you can still trust your parenting intuition. The opinions of experts, while important, not override that you, which you know is true for your child, yourself, and your family, Take the time to reflect on your beliefs and your core values as an individual. individual. Then, as a family, your child autism diagnosis may have shaken you a little, but it hasn't sh- changed who you are, and shouldn't rob you of your dreams. You are cr- crossing path. You are crossing path with many people, each of whom is on the journey. If you are not clear about Where you need to go as a parent and guide for your child, you may find yourself falling along with others for days, months and years, not realizing that it's not your journey. It's not your child's journey. Defining your core values will make it easier for you to know where you are on your right path to fulfill the family goals as a parent. You are the leading world expert when it comes to your child. You are captain in charge of your destination that directs your child's journey. All the professional experts and who enter your family lives should only serve as knowledgeable consultants, but consultants nonetheless, you are the parent. Guys, don't forget to like and share. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, and Anchor Radio. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the podcast. I appreciate you guys for the community that we're building together. I feel it every day. I receive it continuously. I'm giving it back to you guys with love, appreciation. So thank you guys for listening. Stay blessed and stay favored. Peace.